Hey guys, welcome to Christ-Centered Identity. Do you know that we find all we need in Jesus? He is everything. Jesus is the Word. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is all we need. I want to encourage you guys, listen to the podcast here at Christ-Centered Identity and be filled and overflowing with the love of God in your life. God bless you. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that you're amazing. You're always amazing. Everybody say, God. Let's say, God, God. is always, always. Amazing. amazing. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Or is he just kind of amazing when it's like going your way? Or is he always amazing no matter what you're thinking or feeling or going through? Right? Is he always, everybody say, God, God. is always amazing. Always. And see, say, God. Has already won. Here's the thing. Sometimes we approach life like we're already defeated, but we've already won the battle. We've already won the fight. We've already... That's what it says. We've already won the fight. We've, we've already won. I want you guys to see this in life. That you and I have already won the battle. We've won it through Jesus Christ. So sometimes in life we find ourselves fighting things that we don't need to fight. Because the fight is already won. Everybody say the fight. Is already won. Say we win. Say dubs. Dubs all day long, right? Because because Jesus already accomplished on the cross what we sometimes feel like we're fighting to accomplish in ourselves. Like we are already free of sin. We're already free of the the death and sting of sin through the blood of Jesus on the cross. And it's important for us to know that and understand that because what happens is this: is we don't if we understand that we don't wake up waiting to fail. We wake up knowing that we're already successful in Christ Jesus. We wake up knowing that we're, all, we're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath, right? We're, we're like, like God is already for us, and, and who could be against us? Like all those scriptures you hear people talk about. Like it's amazing to me that sometimes we wake up and we're like, oh, it's another day. <laughs> when we have so much to live for. Right? Like, like God wants to shine through your life. Like, I love it because when I say these things and I look at teenagers, they do this. They just look like, like, like you know, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Like, dude, brighten your up a little bit. Smile. It's okay. Smiling is good. It actually burns more calories when you smile. Yeah. Yeah, you increase more energy in yourself. You want to be angry. Let's knock that off, right? Anger is not a fruit of the Spirit. So, you know, I, I was, I've been writing sermons, and all these sermons have these cool little names that I, I've been coming up with. And everybody's like, who's Lucy? Well, Lucy is, is short for Lucifer. So I, I, call, I call Satan Lucy now just because I just think he's a loser. And I, just, I don't really he, – he just, he's, he's not that bad. He's not that tough. Right? Because my God is way bigger than anything he could ever. Do you guys understand that, that Lucifer was an angel that God created? Do you think that Lucifer is equal to God? No. No, he's, a, he created, he's a created out of God's own creation, right? And so he already knows how to destroy him and already did on the cross. So we sometimes look at life and fight temptation in life, and we feel like we have to overcome something that's already been overcome. It's already been won. The battle's already been fought. See, I spent years and years and years trying to break out of addiction, trying to break out of things that that I was going through and dealing with in my own personal life. And all the time, I was spinning my wheels. You guys ever heard heard that that term? Like like just going nowhere, just spinning your wheels like a hamster wheel, like just running this race but never really going anywhere but just getting really tired, right? That's lame. I, I like to actually go somewhere, right? I hate treadmills. They're lame. If I run, I want to actually... Look back and say, that's how far I ran, right? I don't want to just get done and, like, I'm still in my bedroom. and like, why are you going anywhere? <laughs> it's kind of weird, right? And so, so we have to approach life differently than, than, than what normal people approach life. Like, we have to make normal walking in victory. That has to be normal for us. You're like, what do you mean? Well, like, life gets hard. It gets rough. Yeah, it does. But who do you serve? Who's your God? How do you approach your day? Do you wake up and you're like, oh, another lame day? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Well, kind of. some of us do. Well, that, that's why I want to share this with you tonight. I want, to, I want to teach you something, right? I want to teach you, like, how to walk in victory. And I think it's important. So everybody say, Lucy. 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 is so bougie. So Lucy. Lucy is so extra. 
He's so bougie. He's always trying to do something. See, see, he's, he's always trying to do the, the, the most. And I'm like, Lucy, take several seats. See, he comes and he tries to tend me with things. And I'm like, weird flex. But okay. <laughs> Lucy, everybody say Lucy. Lucy. Is so bougie. He's always he's so extra, right? He's always trying to come at me like he's got something going on. Like, like he's he's the he's the thousandaire, you know, like the guy that doesn't have or a hundredaire. Like he, he's the guy that like looks like he has lots of money, but he doesn't doesn't really have lots of money. A hundredaire, like not a millionaire, you know, like a hundredaire. Like he's got like a hundred bucks, but he looks like he's got the like the gold plated like zinc, like the fake diamond earrings. He's got like you know he's looking all like fly, but like really he's not. He just, you know, he's, he's bougie. He's got, he's got nothing going on. He's like, he's, he's extra. Like, like he's, like he's, he's fake. Like, like Satan's fake news. <laughs> he, he comes at you with this news about who he says you are and, and, and what he says about you. And you just look at him and you're like, nah, dude, I'm good. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, that, ain't, that ain't who I am. See, when Satan was tempting Eve in the garden, he was tempting her with the fruit and saying, God said this, he said, let us make mankind in our likeness, in our image. Who's the hour? It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? God's creating us. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are all creating man in his image. We are all created in whose image? God's image, right? And so Satan comes up to Eve and he's like this. God doesn't want you to eat that fruit because he doesn't want you to be like him. Whose image are we created in? Whose likeness are we created in? So why was he saying that? He was trying to put doubt in her mind for who he really is. So when we approach life, we approach it from, from, a, from a standpoint of, of not knowing. How many of you guys feel like you have a good grasp on who you are as an individual? I'm, I'm in my early, early, early. Yep. And, and I still am trying to learn who I am. Right? In Jesus. Every day. I pursue Jesus. When you stop pursuing Christ, you're done. Every day it's a pursuit after Jesus, after the heart of God. Every day it's a pursuit. It's a relationship. If I stop pursuing my wife, how much longer do you think we'd be married? I love that woman. I'll pursue her every day. Right? I'll, do, I'll, I'll buy things for her. I'll clean the house. I'll do, I'll do whatever it takes because she is awesome. Right? And I think that God is awesome. And I think that what, God, what Jesus did for me on the cross is awesome. And so I'm going to pursue him every day out of gratefulness and thankful, thankfulness for what he's done for me in my life. And I want to lay my life down for that. So, so I, want to, I want to compare things. In the Bible, there's three different ways that we fall into sin as human beings, right? So with the lust of the flesh, so that would be like your fleshly desires. So, so immorality, sexual immorality, uh, uh, gluttony, and all those like seven deadly sins, like all those different things that, that, that you're, you're, the desires of your flesh or your sinful nature, right? And, and so Satan tempts Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, and he, he comes to Jesus and he said, if you're the son of God. Now, in chapter 3 of Matthew, it says this, that, that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And when he came up, it said this, this is my son. This is my son, Jesus. Right? God himself, the clouds open, a big voice. Ooh, this is my son. Right? Like, made a big noise. Everybody's like, what was that, dude? That was weird. Like, whoa. <laughs> what did I have for breakfast? I can't remember. That was weird. And so, 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 so he, he, he did his big voice and said, this is my son. God says this. When Satan, when Jesus goes into, he goes, after he's baptized, immediately was going into the garden and he fasted for 40 days. How many of you guys have missed a meal? You guys know what fasting is? It means you don't eat. I hate missing a, a meal. I couldn't imagine for 40 days worth of meal. That's a lot of meals, right? Who is good at math? How many meals is that? Three meals a day? No one? Okay. 120 meals. I'll just go with it. I'll, I'll say you're right. You're the human calculator over there. Bless you. And so, so, so Jesus goes out to the wilderness, and he's fasting for 40 days, and then it says he's hungry. Duh. <laughs> right? And so because he's hungry, he's in a place of, 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 of weakness because he hasn't eaten for 40 days. How many of you guys, if you miss a meal, do you feel like you're, you're weakened? Like, oh, the batteries are running low. Need sugar. Right? So, so like you need something to give you sustenance to keep you going, right? And so, so Jesus is fasting for 40 days and then it says he's hungry. And so Jesus, Satan, Satan, then it says the serpent or Satan comes to tempt Jesus. 
And the first thing he says to Jesus is this. If you are the Son of God. But what did God say? This is my Son. So what's Satan challenging? Who he is. Who, who Jesus is. He's challenging his identity. How many of you guys have felt like your identity gets challenged? You feel like you, you, you're trying to figure out things in life, right? So the first thing that Satan comes into attack on Jesus is his identity, right? And, and he says this, if you're the son of God, then turn this stone into bread. And Jesus looks at him like, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, here's the thing. You have to think about this, too. When Jesus was breaking the bread in the Last Supper, what he said, this is my what? Body. Right? When you do communion and you eat the little wafer, right? The little like, thing that sticks to your roof of your mouth. You're like trying to get, it's like gross and it's like dry. It's like, can I put a little butter on this or something? Like, Jesus, your flesh is dry. And so, so, like, so they, they, they eat this, this, this bread. So this is my, my body. He breaks the bread and he, and he, and he gives it. Now you take, eat of this. And if you eat of this, you're, you're one with me, right? And so, so, so the first thing that's, that's, that's tempted is Jesus' identity from, from Satan, from Lucy. Lucy is tempting Jesus, right? And, 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 it's, and it says this, that he, he said, if you're the son of God, turn this stone into bread. And Jesus replies with the word, he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he's saying this, that my identity is not in just physical bread. My identity is in what God says about me. I live by every word, words that give identity. When God created the earth, what did he do? He spoke. And then it let there be, and there was light. He, in order to speak, you have to use what? Words. Words create. So man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that creates. So God was creating his son through his words. He was creating you, let us make mankind in our likeness and our image. He was creating you with his words. And he, when he spoke these things, he was speaking identity over you. Who you are in his likeness, in his image. How many of you guys see yourself in the likeness and image of God every day? Honestly. A couple hands, not very many. Right? How many of you guys see yourself as failure? How many of you guys see yourself as like, I'm never going to amount to what I really want to amount to? Let's be honest. Let's be real. I mean, let's, let's, come on. Some days I feel that way. My hand's up. I'm not, I'm not like, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Awesome. Right? And so, so some of us, we don't always feel like, like, like the best. We don't wake up every day feeling like, oh, this is great. Right? And some, maybe someone said something about you and you actually took that on as your identity. Right? And, and, and so we don't live by every, we don't live by bread alone. We don't live by natural things. But we live by every word, that words that create, that proceeds from the mouth of God. So that's the lust of the flesh. So, 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 so Satan was trying to get him to turn this stone into bread, but Jesus is the bread. Right? And so, so then it's the lust of the eye. So what you see, what you look at, what you look at on the internet, what you watch on TV, what you watch, the videos you watch, the things you look at on a daily basis, right? When you're walking around school, when you're walking around the mall, young men, keep your eyes up. Yeah, I said that. Right? So, so what you look at and how you look at things. What does, it do, what does it do to the inside of your heart when you look at things? Does it create sinful thoughts in you? What are you looking at? The lust of the eyes. What you see is what you go after. Right? And, and, and what you, the Bible says that, that the, the light is the lamp, the eyes are the lamp into the soul. Right? If you look at some people's eyes, you can see a brightness in there. You can see life in there. You can see just the, the purity of God. I've been around men of God that you look in their eyes and you're like, whoa, they love Jesus. You just see, clear, you just see clearness in their eyes. And it's, just, it's straight love. Have you guys ever seen people like that? You look in their eyes and you're just like, wow, I can see love all over that person. They really, like, like my grandmother. Like, I don't know if you about you guys, but I have a, I, I, well, she's in heaven now. She's really... She's really filled with the Holy Spirit right now. She's in heaven with Jesus right now. But when she would look at you, oh, your heart would melt. Because you just saw love. Like the, the definition of love. And when she made you biscuits, hey, right? So then biscuits were good, right? And so like, so she made you biscuits and you're like, Grandma loves me. Come on. And so the lust of the eyes of Satan took Jesus 
to the top of this mountain and said, look at all the kingdoms. I'm going to give you each one of those kingdoms. Now think about this. He's Jesus. He's the Son of God. What does God own? Everything. Exactly. What's Satan going to give him that his father hasn't already given him? Exactly. So, so, so Jesus is on the top of the city. He's looking out at all these beautiful kingdoms and cities. He's like, bro, you're doing extra right now. Like this, I already own all this. Where you, you should. It's like someone trying to give you back your own shoes. Like, like I'm, I'm gonna, I, I can give you those shoes. You're like, but they're my shoes, right? You're like, how can you give me back what I already own, right? And so, because Jesus is functioning off of identity, he's like, I already own all this. What do you? Lucy, you're so extra. Lucy is so bougie, right? And so, so then the third thing is the pride of life. So pride comes before fall, right? And so Satan takes Jesus to the, the edge of this cliff, and he's like, jump off this cliff, and, 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 and if you are the Son of God, then the angels will come and swoop down and catch you, right? But Jesus is like, man, get away from me, Satan. I don't have nothing to do with you. Just leave, right? He's like, I'm not here to tempt God. I'm not here to, to prove anything. I don't have to jump off this to prove who my father is. I already know who he is. He already called me his son, right? He already called me his son. He's already called you his son. He's already called you his daughter. He's already named you. He's already spoken over you, your identity in him, right? Finding who you are in Jesus. So I want to ask you guys, where do you find your rest? The rest in your soul, not like your bed at home. But like, but like, like when, when life is like stirring, right? And things are happening. Where do you find your rest? Where do you find your rest? Where do you find your peace? Where do you find like, like the comfort in your soul? Where do you find that at? Right? See, some people find it in addictions. Some people find it in bad relationships. Some people find it in just zoning out on Netflix for hours. Yes. How many Netflixers do we got in here? Show of hands. All y'all have to like that, right? Like, you're like, i got to spend time with Jesus, but then you're like, next. I'm going to spend time with Jesus. Oh, next. <laughs> right? And so, so, like, we can do all these things to find comfort, but at the end, if you watch, like, 10 hours of Netflix, how do you feel? Just as lame as you did before. <laughs> right? If you get really depressed and you don't eat a whole thing of ice cream, how do you feel? Like crap. Right? Your stomach hurts. You got a headache. Then you got like sugar shock. You're like twitching on your bed. You're too much sugar. Right? Like what? I don't know. Like, like there's all sorts of things that can happen to us. Right? So we can find comfort in all these things, but none of it. Like so, so many people. Like I know people that find comfort in going to the gym and working out for hours, and that's their way. Right? Awesome. But but when you leave the gym, well, you still got the issues. You still got the stuff you got to deal with. Right? So what you actually do? You just wore yourself out. <laughs> and did nothing, right? Well, maybe you got muscles are big, you know, like whatever it is. But like, but like, you didn't actually do anything for your soul. And like, like your your those big biceps don't go to heaven. Wait, what? Your big biceps? Sorry, not yours. Your big biceps? Yeah. <laughs> your big biceps don't go to heaven, right? I love you, Darnell. Just mess with you, bro. <laughs> so, so where do you find your rest? Where do you find your peace? Where do you find this place of like comfort to your soul? Do you guys know another name for the Holy Spirit is the comforter? Not the thing that lays on your bed, but he, he comforts you, right? Even though those are awesome, especially when you're, you're not feeling well, your mom puts your comfort in the dryer, and then you're, you're laying in bed and she throws this warm, like, oh. I can feel it right now in my soul, right? And so... The Holy Spirit is our comforter. The Holy Spirit wants to bring us peace, wants to bring us the joy of the Lord, right? And so in the, in the Bible, there's a, there's a word called klino, K-L-I-N-O, right? It's a Hebrew word. And it's actually only used twice in the whole Bible, right? And so this is in, um, it, it means this, klino means to incline, meaning like, like chill, right? Bow or cause to fall back and recline or to place for repose, meaning like you're just, it's like, you're, it's like chill time, right? Rest, right? That's what it means. And so, so it's only used twice in the Bible, and it's used two different, like, like opposite ways, but it's the same word. And so, how do you guys know that the Bible was written in like Greek and Hebrew, right? Like in, in Latin, it's like, just like, it's not written in English, like the original text is written in Hebrew. It's, it's, this, this Christianity is actually from Eastern, like philosophy, 
type, like, it's not from America. You guys get that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you got it, right? Like, Christianity is not American, right? <laughs> you guys get that, right? Okay, good. Okay, so I, I'm just trying to give you guys a little context to what I'm about to say. So two different ways. Jesus said this in Matthew 8, 20. It says, uh, Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no true place or no to rest his head or to lay or to, or to uh, lay his head down, right? No, no true home, no true, true place to rest, right? And so he's talking about himself in that moment. He's saying, I have, I, like, like, everybody else has places to rest, but right now I'm here and I have a work to do. So I have no place to clean up. I have no place to rest. Right, and so then, so then, if you fast forward into where Jesus is actually on the cross, and he's 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 getting ready to die and relinquish his spirit, it says this in John chapter nineteen verse thirty. It says, "When he had sipped the sour wine, and he said, it is finished, my bride." It said this. Then he bowed his head and surrendered and surrendered his spirit. So that bowing his head is is that that Hebrew word klino. Right? So two different things. So he started his ministry saying, I have no place to rest until my ministry is finished, which was on the cross. Everybody say, it, it, it is, is finished. finished. What's it? Sin. Come on. Got some preachers up in here. <laughs> right? Sin is finished. You're like, well, I sin every day. And I'm like, why? 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 Do you have to? Everybody say, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you have to? Do you get to? Do you want to? No. <laughs> Gabe's like, sometimes. <laughs> if I can get away with it, right? Gabe's like, stop picking on me, bro. <laughs> right? So Jesus is Jesus saying this, I have no place to rest my head. But then when he's on the cross, he gave his spirit stuff, it is finished, and he rested, right? He finally rested. Jesus' work on the cross was his finished work, meaning it was his final place of resting, right? And so now, us as believers, we don't start with struggle, we actually start with victory. In Jesus. If we start our Christian faith on our ability to resist sin, we're done. How many of you guys have resisted temptation and then eventually just dove on in to the deep end? And then you're like, I guess we're in. <laughs> right? Hey, I, I'm with you guys. I'm not like preaching at you. I'm not saying nothing I haven't experienced, right? So don't feel judged. I'm telling you from experience, like, like resist, resist, and resistance becomes futile because you and I are, are not that awesome. We need Jesus in a bad way. Everybody say, I need, I need Jesus. Jesus. Oh, that's so good, isn't it? You feel that in your heart? Say, I need, I need Jesus. Jesus. Oh, his name is so wonderful. I love that. I love that. Woo! Holy Ghost is in this place. So, so, so Jesus, I want to say this. Jesus, since it's Jesus, say it. Jesus, Jesus is, is my, my only, only rest. rest. That's powerful. That's powerful. You can't find rest in like the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, or the pride of life. All that leads to destruction. All that's that deep end where you're trying to like flail your arms and, and try to keep your head above water. Right? But when you rest in Jesus, you rest in his finished work, you're not trying not to sin, you're just in love with Jesus. The disciples gathered around Jesus and they're like, Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And you know that all of them are thinking like, oh, it's me. Of course, he's going to say me. I, mean, you know, I got him his water yesterday, and like you know, oh. I washed his feet, and it's totally me, right? I'm such a good Christian, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm so awesome, I'm so holy, right? And so, so like, like he's they're like, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And Jesus is like, oh, can you uh, can you give me one of those little kids over there? 
And they go get like little Jimmy and Jimmy's like <laughs> Right? He's like he's all excited this Jesus is like he's like, Come here, come here, sit on my lap. Like just like Santa Claus, you know, he's a, he didn't cry like some kids, so he was he was excited. He's sitting on Jesus' lap, he said he said, he goes, If you if you can't enter my kingdom as a as a, as a child, it says this he pulled him close. So Jesus wants closeness. What does that mean? He means he wants to be involved in every detail of your life. Right? He wants closeness. He wants that, like, like, I don't know about you, but like I grew up in a very like hugging family. Like we just huggers. It's just you can't get away. Like it's just gonna happen. You might as well let it happen, right? And so like when you enter the house, it's like, oh god. You know, everybody starts hugging you, and like it's just, you know, it's amazing, right? And but but now, like I, I'm, I I have to restrain myself because I am a hugger, right? And so I have to. I'm always okay. I don't know this person. I can't hug them. I have to tell myself that because I will be like, hi, and they're looking at me like, well, dude, I just, you know, six feet distance. <laughs> yeah, social distance, right? And so so like 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 imagine this. Imagine like I I I just I just love hugs. I think they're great. But it says Jesus pulled his, the child in close. He, and he gave a demonstration that if you don't enter my kingdom as of a child, right? That the children, like what does that mean? That means like, like you don't have to be, like, like do children have it all together? So you don't have to have it all together. All you have to do is just get, get close to Jesus. And he brings you in close. And you enter into his kingdom. His kingdom is like his authority. His rule and his reign, right? And so that, now you're not fighting sin on your own or fighting these, these temptations on your own. You're getting in close to Jesus. And how do you actually do that? And then, like, like, you're like, okay, cool. So how do you do that on a daily basis? So what you do is this. Is you Matthew 6, 6. This is what you, you go in your room. And you close the door. And you pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who's in secret will bless you in the open. So what, is that, what am I saying? I'm saying get alone with Jesus. I don't care if you have to get in your closet to get away from everybody. I don't care if you have to hide in the bathroom and lock the door. I don't care if you have to like go outside in the backyard and get up in the tree. Like Whatever it takes to get alone with Jesus. And what am I saying? I'm saying when you get alone with Jesus, you just start talking to him. And be vulnerable. Because guess what? He already knows. <laughs> you can't hide anything from him. So you might as well just stop that. That's, that's silly, right? Like, like I'm going to get into the story here in Genesis. Like, how many of you guys think that you hide things from God? Like, be honest. Like, you, you, you do something, you feel like you got away with it, right? Like, my parents didn't see me. My, my teacher didn't see me. Like, my, my, my big brother, my, he, my, I took my big brother's whatever in his room, and he didn't see it, so uh, therefore I got away with it until he finds out it's missing. And then all of a sudden you get pummeled right and so so like but, but if you, you at one, some point whatever you're doing in secret will be found out believe me I know because I've done a lot of things in secret and all of it has been found out right my grandpa used to say this you could sweep so much stuff underneath the rug before you have a mountain in your living room right before the thing that you've been just like not dealing with like almost didn't happen you're like right no one saw it. if no one saw me I didn't do it <laughs> no, <laughs> not exactly, <laughs> right? So, 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 just because no one caught you, if I speed on the on the freeway and the cops don't catch me, did I break the law? Yes, yes. <laughs> I did, right? And, and so, 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 that, so, we have to look at things a little bit differently. So, it says this that the Eve ate the fruit in in uh, Genesis chapter two. Eats the fruit, Satan comes and tempts. Tempts them and, and, and uh, tempts Eve to eat the fruit. Eve tempts her her man Adam. She's like, hey, 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 hey boy, right? And she brings the, the fruit over to him, and he's like, hey girl, right? And so then like he he eats the fruit. And he's like, this is so good. Where'd you get this? She goes, oh, from that tree. Really? He's like, woman, you know what else was eating that fruit, right? And, and, and so so he eats that fruit, and she eats that fruit, and then all of a sudden the. The, the knowledge of good and evil, which is sin, sinful nature, enters the earth, right? And it says this in, in Genesis chapter 3. It says this. And they heard a sound, they heard the, they heard the sound of the Lord walking through the garden in the cool of the day. Everybody say, in the cool, in the cool of, the day. of the day. So the cool of the day is like you've worked a long day, work, 
and it's at the end of the day, it's like that cool time when the sun's going down and the breeze is starting to flow, right? And it also says that in some, in some versions it says, and like, like a wind entered the garden, right? And that wind, that word for wind is called, everybody say, ruach. 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 <laughs> I just want to say it like, uh-uh, ruach. Yeah, my name is ruach. Right, and so, so it, it says this. So it's the same. So that that word is this. It's the same word when God breathed life into Adam. So like when you and I take a breath, that was given by God. We can take it for granted. We can look at it however we want to look at it. But the breath in our life, the life that we have, is given by God, right? And so that ruach, that breath of God, was entering into the the garden, the cool of the day. Like the the life of God was entering into the garden, right? And they just ate, instead of eating of the tree of life, because there's two trees, right? The tree of life, tree of knowledge of good and evil. They ate the one they weren't supposed to eat and then send it into the world, right? Because we tend to do things that we're not supposed to do. Just me? Okay. <laughs> and so, so it says this, that, that, that the Ruach, the breath of God, the same breath that, that, that um, God breathed into Adam and Eve, entered the garden. And it says this, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees and the garden. Now, let me... If God can see all things, do you think playing a game of hide-and-seek is really effective? No. <laughs> They're playing hide-and-seek with God. He's like, got you. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even trying, right? And so, so they're, they're hiding, and they're, they're, they're hiding. Why are they hiding? Like, when you do something wrong, you try to hide it, because why? Well, or you're ashamed. You feel regret. You feel regretful. You feel, like, ashamed. You feel like, ah, oh, dang it, I shouldn't have done that. I know I'm not supposed to do that. Why did I do that? Yeah? You feel that, like, ugh. No? Okay. I hope you feel that because 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 eventually you will if you see, if you get caught you'll be like really remorseful right and so so Adam and Eve decided to play a game of hide and seek with God but it just doesn't work because God is always the winner of that game right yes so this says that they're hiding behind the bushes and the, and the, and the leaves and the, and the trees so imagine this imagine you do something and the only thing that you can really focus on in life is like what's right in front of you like maybe that problem you're dealing with or that situation you're dealing with or or whatever the sin or the, the, the thing that you're frustrated about in your life. So they're hiding in these bushes and all they can see is the leaves and the branches. Because they feel like, oh, I can control this environment. Because it's smaller. Right? And so what does sin do? Sin actually, it actually alienates you and, and separates you from your purpose and your destiny. And, and you're hiding behind these things and you can only see what's right in front of you. But God's coming into the cool of the day, into the garden with, this, with the breath of the life of God. He's coming to breathe into your situation. And, and, and you're looking at this thing like, all I can see is what's right in front of me. I don't want to deal with that. I want to, right here, I can control this. Right? I feel safe here. But let me ask you a question. Are you really safe? When you're hiding stuff, when you, when you break rules and, you, and you're hiding it from your parents, or you're hiding it from, from, or trying to hide it from God, or you're trying to hide it from, from, from but you know what the Bible says? He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So when you're on the internet, you're typing on websites, guess he's right there with you. And everybody say, oh, Lord. <laughs> say, oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. And you're like. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Do that. Go. Oh, no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Close. Walk away. Right? <laughs> he's right there. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. Everybody say, he's right there. No, no. Say, say seriously. Look at your neighbor. Say seriously. Seriously, he's right there. Seriously, hey, just say, hey, hey, just, just, just to tell him, say, hey, you might as well not even try. Just tell your neighbor, say, you might as well not even try. Might as well not even try, because, because you've already been caught. Like, here's the thing. Here, hey, check this out. As you think it, as you're getting ready to do it, and as you're thinking it, he already knows you're. Oh, as you're planning on how to do it and then get away with it. God's like, really? That's your plan, huh? 
foolproof. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> right? And so he's, he's looking at it and he's, he's saying, come on, come on. Like, let's just be honest. Let's be vulnerable and just say, all right, God, I, like, like, I give up. I surrender. It was me. I give up. I, I ain't trying to get away with nothing anymore because I, everybody say I suck. I'm trying to get away with stuff. Come on. Let's be real. Let's be, how many of you guys have gotten caught? Every hand should be up because y'all got caught at some point. Come on. So you might as well just give up. You'll get caught one day. At some point, you'll get caught, right? And so this is not about you being bad, right? This is about, this is about you being honest and being honest with God and saying, gosh, like, I don't want to live like that. I want to live from victory. I want to live from the finished work of Christ. I want to live from the clino. I want to live from that place of rest. I want to find rest in Jesus. I don't want to try not to sin. I want to rest in Christ Jesus and find that rest where I'm not trying to do the right thing. I'm not trying to be a better Christian. I'm not trying to do the 10 steps to make myself the best life. Right? Like, I don't want to do any of that. I just want to rest in the lap of Jesus and just be with him. And watch, watch this. As you're with him, you are strengthened because those that wait on the Lord. What does that word wait mean? It means becoming one with. As you're waiting with God, you're becoming one with God. And as you're becoming one with God, the strength of God, it says, it says it's those that wait on the Lord, he'll renew your strength. Yes. So you don't have to be strong. Because in your weakness, he's made strong. It's in your waiting on the Lord. It's in your oneness, becoming one with God. And this is that Adam and Eve decided to fashion some fig leaves as if that was an awesome idea to cover their most intimate private parts. See, there's things in your life that you won't tell anybody. But God already knows about them. Right? There's thoughts that you have. There's things that you deal with. There's things that, you, that you've done that you're not willing to tell anybody. And that's, that's that most like, that's that place you just tuck way in the back in the closet. We don't talk about that. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> I'm trying to convince myself it didn't happen. It stays back in here. Right here. Right? This little shoebox back here in the back. Right? It's, it's the the shoebox lid is stuck together with bubble gum. Right? So I know if someone breaks into it. Well, that's my foolproof plan. Right? And so 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 we, the most hidden thing, so they decided to fashion their own ways of hiding from God. And and God he walks up and he's like, What are you guys doing? Oh, we're we're hiding because we're 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 naked and we're ashamed. See, before sin entered the world, they didn't see life like you and I see it. They didn't see their failures. They didn't see their faults. They just knew they're one with their father because they knew they were made in the likeness and the image of God. See, we all have only been raised in a world where sin has always been abundant. We've only been raised in a world where sin is always accessible, especially with these little devices called cellular phones, right? Like, like the, I'm just going to call these like a, a sin, like plate stick. I don't know. Like they're just, they're, they're, they're like this, the phone itself is not bad, but let me, let me be honest. Like how many guys can say that like it hasn't been that fruitful in your life in some ways, right? Like, like there's things that you've done on the thing that you just keep, it didn't happen. It didn't happen, right? We keep it way back there where it didn't happen, and we don't tell nobody because because if we did, then we would feel bad about ourselves, and we don't like feeling bad, right? But how about feeling honest? Yes. How about feeling honest? How about feeling vulnerable? How do you guys like vulnerability? Do you guys know that there's freedom in vulnerability? Yes. Do you understand that? Like when you're not trying to juggle all your faults and failures and you're just being vulnerable, living open. Like, like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about you, but like whenever I've done something wrong and I've come clean, it just feels like a thousand pounds is off my back. Exactly. Yes. I'm like, oh gosh, I don't have to hide that anymore. Like it's, it's exactly, I can't breathe. That's a, that's a good way to say it. Like you, you, you feel just, <laughs> 
right? You feel like you're always walking around doing squats all day long. You've got all this weight on your back and all this nonsense that you're trying to like juggle and hide and, 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 and manipulate it. And, so, and you can't hardly keep your story straight because someone asked you this and someone else asked you that. And they're like, what did you say? Didn't you say this last, yesterday? And you're like, no, no, that's not what I said. This is what I said. And then, and then they're, like, they're like looking at you like, dude. You're weird. Come on, <laughs> right? And so, let's just be on. Everybody, say, be honest. Be honest. Say, be honest. Be honest. Tell yourself, say, be honest. Be honest. Look at yourself like this. Say, be honest. Be honest. <laughs> right? So, so, so they're playing hide and seek with God, and they're they're cut, they're making clothes. They're like they're like the clothes are like designers. They're making clothes, and they're hiding. In the, they're making their own little like hiding places in the bushes and they're and they're trying to manipulate all this stuff that they did and they knew they did it wrong because God said don't eat of that tree you can only have the, the, the tree of life and and so they're 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 manipulating their situation and they're trying harder to do all these things but the thing is is you and I can never manipulate well enough it's true you can only manipulate so far before you just forget how you started your manipulation of, of your sin or of your, of your lie or whatever you did. And then eventually you get kind of like forgetful of like, everybody, everybody say, I got caught. I got caught. Slipping. Slipping. <laughs> Check, I got caught. I got caught. Slipping. Slipping. Right. So, so, so we, we try to, to, to maneuver and we try to you know, cut these little clothes out and, and put it over all the, the important parts and hide behind these bushes. And we're like, oh, can't see me. <laughs> right. And, and, and we're trying to manipulate everything and trying to make it look just right, just perfect. And oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm a good Christian. Say so everybody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? amen. Woo! Right. And so, so. So we walk this life of just making it all look all shiny and pretty like I got it all together and all figured out until one day everybody say, it crumbles. It crumbles. You might as well, everybody say, I give up. I give up. I can't manipulate. Say, I can't manipulate. I'm not good enough for it. Says, I'm going to rest in Jesus. See, as you rest in Jesus, you find it's like the secret sauce. You find like 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 the like the magical superpower, right? As you rest in Jesus, you find this like like I was trying to do this and I was trying to do that, but then all of a sudden I sit down and I say, "Okay, Lord, I've tried to do this. I've I've, I've manipulated the situation. I've put all this effort into this and all this effort into that, but now I just find myself actually finding peace." How many guys love? Being in peace. It's awesome, isn't it? When, do you think you could be at peace when you're, when you're at, in war internally for what you did wrong? No. no. You can't. Because there's conflict. What's conflict? Conflict is what? Problems. It's problems. <laughs> right? It's war. Right? Conflict is war. Right? You have, you have an internal war going on the inside of you, and you can't win that war on your own. But when you rest in Christ Jesus, and this is how I fight my battles, when you rest in Christ Jesus and you let him fight your battle for you, and you find that, that place of rest in Jesus, you actually find it like you're not even trying to defeat Lucy. Everybody say, Lucy, Lucy. is so bougie. So say, Lucy, Lucy. is so bougie. It's so, so, so extra. So extra. <laughs> oh my gosh, Lucy is so bougie. Come on, there you go. There you go. See, see, Adam and Eve decided to hide all this stuff. You know, they're hiding in, in like, like, we could even hide ourselves in the culture of today. We can hide ourselves in what we say is relevant to today. It doesn't, it doesn't add up to what the Bible says, but it's relevant to today. So I'm going to bend God's moral standard for my life to fit into culture. Yes. It happens. Right? Because you want to be relevant. You want to fit in. You want to feel like you're, you're making a difference. You want to feel all these things. But if what you're doing doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's not actually that relevant. It'll fade like everything else. Do you guys know that what God does is, is for eternity? That you can actually have an eternal impact on life if you stand for the truth? Because what does truth do according to the Word? Come on, it sets you free. Right? So everybody say truth. Set you free. Say truth. truth. Is Jesus. Is Jesus. 
And he set me free. Are you free? Yes. Are you free? Yes. Come on. That's yes. awesome. One person gives an amazing clap. I think we should give a big hand clap to Jesus, all of us. What did you do? See, we, we, we find ourselves hiding in culture. We find ourselves hiding in our sin. We find ourselves hiding in, in different things. And, and, and oh, man, it's just it's such, a, it's such a waste of time. It really is. It's such a waste of time to, to hide everything. It just creates more chaos. Right? It creates more conflict in you. Like, why? Everybody say, I don't have to. I don't have to. Sin. It's not a requirement, just so you know. It's not. Right? It's something that we accept. Or don't. Right? Either, either we, we say, I, 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 it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and delivered himself up for me. I don't live in this, this body anymore. It's now Christ who lives in me and through me. Right? Like, I gave my life. Everybody say, I gave my life, my life to, Jesus. to Jesus. It's not mine anymore. It's, not mine anymore. it's, his. it's his. So, so, so as a Christian, it's actually, it's actually taking up your cross, dying to yourself, and following Jesus. Your biggest enemy, take your finger, point it straight to your forehead, is you. Your biggest enemy is you. My biggest enemy is me. Right? And so if I don't yield my heart to see that, see, as Christians, it's funny because, like, especially in, like, church and all these, like, it's, it's kind of weird, like, the politics and the silliness and, like, if you don't have one of these, you're nothing in church sometimes. Like, that's kind of, the, if you're not singing to Jesus on the stage, right? <laughs> if you're not doing those kind of things, like, if you don't have this, like, clout in the church, you, you're near nothing. If you don't have influence, you're nothing. <laughs> was that my cue? I'm good. Okay. I thought I was being told to shut up. Um, really? No. Um, so if you don't have if you don't have a microphone, if you don't have a platform, if you don't have this, then you're not looked at as like someone of, of of importance. But do you guys know that the highest level of Christianity is submission and yielding to God? The highest level of Christianity is obedience. And guess what? Delayed obedience is disobedience. Like God tells you to do something, you're like, I'll get to it. And then like a week later, he's like, hey, what about that? And you're like, yeah. I'll get to it. I'm working, I'm working up the courage, right? And God's like, just do it. And you're like, oh. Right? It's like when your parents ask you to clean your room. You're like, clean your room, right? <laughs> oh, you're one of those, huh? So, 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 like, here's the thing. What areas in your life are your secrets, are your hidden areas? What areas do you hide from people? What areas do you feel like you're hiding from even God? You, you, I mean, I'm asking these questions. You don't have to say it out loud. It's, it's already rolling around in your head, right? It's something that you feel every day. Right? It's just like it's this nagging thing inside your inside your soul, inside your emotions, inside your spirit that just nags at your soul every single day. You wake up and it's there. Until you get real with the Lord and you say, God, I I I can't do this anymore. I I'm I can't. This is this is like crumbling me from the inside out. Because sin is, is, is literally like a cancer. It just infiltrates everything. Right? It just, it just sours your heart. It just sours your, your thoughts. It just From the inside out, it's like destroying you. It's like a, it's like a horrible disease. It just like eats from the inside out of your, of your soul. And, and so, so the only way to get rid of it is just to be honest with what, where you're at and say, this is what I'm dealing with. This is where I'm struggling. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm fighting on a daily basis. And, and so the best way to do that is, number one, get along with God and talk to Him and be honest with Him. Say, God, this is, to be honest, right? And then number two, if you have a, a mentor or a youth leader or, or someone you look up to or someone that you, you're like, no, we'll pray with you and walk you through this, get, get together with them and say, man, I, I, I'm actually really struggling in this area. 
You know, it, whatever it may be. Like, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling with, with watching pornography. I'm struggling with doing drugs. I'm so struggling with getting in relationships I shouldn't get into. I'm struggling with, with maybe my parents are always arguing, always fighting, and I, and I feel like it's my fault, and I feel like less than, than I should feel. I, I, I'm struggling on the inside. I don't know how to deal with this. I just need people around me. I've got to need you, right? So we have to be honest with ourselves and where we're at. So where, what areas in your life are you hiding? What's the most innermost parts of your heart? See, the thing is, is the Bible talks about the secret place. And the secret place is a place where you go get alone with God and you get connected to God, you and Him one-on-one in, in a vulnerable state. Like, like he, where He starts to actually talk to you and speak to your heart, the depths of who you are, the areas of your heart that you don't even know exist until He says something about it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that was there. Right? I'm going to give you guys an example. I had, I, when I was younger, um, not younger, when I was about like what? Yeah, I was younger, so it was like four years ago. Um, <laughs> I was, it was younger, right? So, so I, was, I was in a moment of prayer in my, in my uh, I have a room in my house called my prayer cave. And I was in a moment of prayer with the Lord. And I heard a sermon back in the day. And this sermon was about Jacob and Esau, and, and one of the brothers sold their birthright for a bowl of stew, right? One was a hunter, the other one was like a farmer, and he was making this beautiful stew, and the one was out in the field hunting all day, and he came home, and he was super hungry, and he's like, dude, I, I need, uh, give me some of that, that stew, I'm hungry. And he's like, give me your birthright. Birthright means this, means like the, like the firstborn birthright, like you're next in line to be in charge, basically. And so, so he's like, give me your birthright, and I'll give you this bowl of soup. And, and he's like, all right, I'm hungry, man. Give it. So he eats it. And so I heard this sermon. This sermon basically said this, that what are you willing to trade your birthright for? See, momentary gratification of a full belly for something that that's like, has more, more, more status, like your birthright, like the thing your father gives you, right? And so, so he traded his birthright for momentary gratification. See, so, so when I was eight years old, I was introduced to pornography. Right? And I felt like, because of the way the sermon was taught, I felt like I gave my birthright away for momentary gratification of like, oh, this is so cool, this is so awesome, that it's destructing, it's disgusting. Right? And, 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 and so I felt like I gave my birthright away. And so because I felt like I gave my birthright away, I felt like I was never worth or worthy of the call of God in my life. Now, I put on a good front. I put on the good Christian, amen, hallelujah. All that nonsense, right? I put on the show. I put on the Christian. Talk the Christianese. To, you know, where, how Christians talk. How are you doing? Blessed and highly favored. Right? Like, like I don't know. Like, whatever. Like, you, just make, you just make it up. It sounds good, right? And, and so I, I, lived, I lived as if I didn't. I, didn't like, I was trying to create my own reality. But deep inside, I, I knew that I wasn't worth the call of God on my life. I knew I wasn't worth being able to speak into other people's life. I knew that I gave my birthright, my ministry, my heart for ministry away with the sin that I had committed. Right? And so I'm in this moment of prayer and I literally, like, I don't know if you guys believe in this, but I really believe this. It happens to me a lot. So I, I was in a moment of prayer. I had my eyes closed and I literally had this vision in my, in my, in my mind. Right, and I had this vision of this like scroll-looking thing. You guys know what a scroll is, like the little thing that's like turned. And, okay, so the scroll was like coming down from like the sky, and it, and, it, and literally, I felt like God shoved the scroll into my heart. Right, I just this just crazy vision. Right, but on this scroll, it said this: "Your inheritance." I felt like I lost my inheritance, but I never dealt with that feeling. I never dealt with that situation in my life. But at that moment when I felt like God put that scroll back into my heart, my inheritance, I was like, it was, it was such an encounter for me that it was, it was so real to me that I was like, God just gave me my inheritance back. And I literally fell to the ground and I was weeping for hours because I thought I lost what I treasured the most, my inheritance in God. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me on the ground while I mean, I mean, I was ugly crying, like snot, tears, the ground was soaked, like, you know, like those kind of cries, like you can't even get a breath, like, they're like, are you okay? 
No, I'm not. Like I'm, I'm a mess, right? I'm a mess. I'm like the ground soaked, the carpet is just disgusting, right? And so I'm just like, and this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He goes, "You never lost your inheritance. I just showed you that vision so you could see how much I love you." And I was like, and then obviously I was crying even harder after that. It was like, it went from like first gear to like fifth gear. Like, right? I'm totally freaking out because I was like, God, I thought I lost what, you, what was mine, right? Was rightfully mine. And, and so God wants to do this. And I only found that. I only had that vision because I got alone with God and I allowed him to speak to my heart. And that's, that, that was such a, a, that's a, such a foundational moment in my life. Because I look back on that, and that's when I started to feel worth what God's called me to do. Not that I'm prideful, but I feel like God has this anointing on my life. He has this calling on my life. And the thing is, is God, God, everybody, God has, has a call on every one of your lives. Each one of you has an inheritance in Him. And you haven't lost it. You're not too bad. You haven't done the worst of the worst, and you can never get to where God wants you to go. Believe me, like I come from a family of people that are like, get lots of chances. My dad was a Coke dealer. I'm not kidding. He was a Coke dealer. He dealt drugs. He, he, he like would pistol whip people and deal drugs. He was like a straight up thug. Until he heard the voice of God say, you don't need that. Come follow me. And he gave everything up that he was doing immediately. My dad was 90 pounds. A grown man, 90 pounds. My dad and I are like the same build. Imagine me like 90 pounds. <laughs> I look like I was anorexic or something. He was 90 pounds. He completely gave up all the drugs and went home to my, my, my mom. And so I gave it all up. I want to serve Jesus. He just had this encounter with God. He never turned back. And guess what? All I know is Jesus. Because my dad made a decision. He had an encounter with God and made a decision. Just like I had an encounter with God and made a decision. And now I have this wonderful opportunity. My dad made a decision to serve Jesus. All I know is Jesus. And now I have this wonderful opportunity to speak to all you awesome people. About who Jesus is. My family is a family of second and third and fifth and sixth and twelfth and hundredth chances. How many of you guys can say amen? Amen. Say I need all those. those. (laughs) Right? I need all those. So here's the thing. Satan is, is, it says this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Everybody say, be alert. Be alert. And of sober mind. See, you have to be alert. You have to be awake. When you just kind of kick back and like let the enemy just tear you, tear you down, tear you, tear you up. Like tell you all these things about you and, and, and create this narrative over you. And you just kind of take it like sitting down, like. I'm a victim of my life. I'm a product of my environment. Everybody say no. 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 Say my God. My is a, is a God. Is a God. Of second chances. Second chances. See, Satan prowls around. Says your enemy, the devil, prowls around like like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Isn't it interesting that it says he's like a lion? Does it say that he is? Huh? You got a lion ring, right? Because Jesus is the lion of Judah, right? And so, so, so it says Satan prowls around like one. Is he a lion? No, he's a little kitty cat. <laughs> right? He's Lucy. Lucy's so bougie, right? So Satan prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in your faith. How do you resist the devil? Bam. Little preacher man. Right? You resist the devil by standing firm in Jesus Christ. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Meaning this, that all of us have struggle. <laughs> Say, I'm not the only one. You're not the only one. You're not the only one that has struggle. You're not the only one that has, has, has something you're dealing with. Right? 
We all have struggle. We all have things that we go through. But, but Jesus is given us freedom. He's given us the ability to overcome. He's given us the ability to walk in victory. He's given us the ability to not have to sin. We don't wake up having to do something we don't want to do. You don't have to sin. You don't have to be a victim to your sin. You don't have to allow sin to, to, to overcome your life. Because you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. The blood of the Lamb washes away your sin. The blood of the Lamb is Jesus. And He washes away your sin so that you and I can have this victory in Christ Jesus. Everybody stand to your feet. You guys, it's so important that we understand. Can you play the Yeshua song on, on uh, YouTube? Um, it's so important that... Thanks for listening to Christ-Centered Identity. Please share with your friends and have a beautiful day.